G'day and welcome back, listeners, to another episode of If I Only Knew. Today, I'm once again joined by my fantastic co-host, Fred. Fred, say hi. G'day, listeners. Great to have you here with me today. Um, we're going to grapple with something a little bit thorny today, I think. We're going to talk about the um, destruction of the submarine Titan that was was recently confirmed to be um, destroyed off off the, the wreckage of the Titanic. And we're going to talk a little bit about the way it's been covered in the media and the way a narrative has been built around it. But I really want to start first by recognising that this was a tragedy. Five people have died, and this is really a, a really horrible situation for a lot of people. Um, and I think a lot of spectators have uh, have also found it really difficult with um, the elements of kind of fear, claustrophobia, and putting oneself in their place through a kind of sense of empathy. Um, and I think it's caused a lot of people a lot of distress um, throughout this uh, news cycle. And and I think if that's really troubled you, um, obviously Lifeline's available. We've talked about them before. And, and I really encourage you to reach out to the people around you if you found this story to be of particular challenge. And I think, I think there's good reason why it would be as well. So um, I, I think it's important that we begin this conversation by talking about that. I imagine that almost all of our listeners have heard something about this situation. Um, and so I've taken that as a given. This is because... It's been almost everywhere in the news for the last few days, certainly in Australia and I believe globally as well. Um, and that's precisely the point that I want to dig into with you today, Fred, because I think that um, the, the tragedy behind the situation, the question of, of adventure tourism, deep sea tourism, there's some interesting sociology and, and, and political development there. But what fascinates me most is the is the sheer iron grip this story seemed to have on our media landscape, mm. and and I don't I didn't really feel like I could find a proper explanation for the scale of that grip, right? Like you know this is a, an important story and, and there's something to be said about it, um, but man I could find nothing else uh, on my social media news except information about this Titan sub. Um, was it as prevalent for you in the news that you consumed, Fred? Look, I, I must admit, I must have a different algorithm running on my social media because I didn't see a lot of it. What I did see and where I did follow it was on what we would call mainstream mm. media or TV and radio. Um, and there's an interesting phenomenon around this thing for me and the, the concept that you put to me just before we started as to why it's captivating. I would imagine on any given day, there are a number of deaths at sea, Matt, mm, you yeah. know, whether it be Indonesian fishermen uh, getting hit by bad weather, whether it be refugees on, you know, leaky boats going into Europe from Africa. I don't doubt that there are many, many uh, losses of human life. But I find the spectacle of this to be really interesting because you had people like James Cameron who filmed the movie Titanic, That's commenting right. on how poor the design of the sub was. You had other people, other billionaires, talking about how it skirted safety protocols and it was poorly designed. Uh, part of it was the folly of the rich, and I know we're going to talk about that in a minute because you've got an interesting take on that, but there's an element of this that I wanted to put out there that's only just occurred to me, which is, this lodestone or mystique of the Titanic itself yeah. and whether or not if this was just uh, a, you know, a submarine that went and looked at a normal reef, mm. whether or not it would have gotten that same sort of global appeal. You know, we see this with helicopter crashes all the time. We see it with lots of things. But have we got some sort of romantic, you know, uh, milestone in the zeitgeist that says anything to do with the titanic harkens back to that you know later century news of this great tragedy D 
do you think there's a link in your mind between those two things, Matt? Because the Titanic itself for you is probably a reference to an old movie rather than an actual disaster. <laughs> Look, I think that's absolutely of right. Of which that movie was an actual disaster, but I don't want to go there. It's a different thing. I think I think the the movie is is essential in keeping the the narrative and the story of of the disaster alive as well for the modern generation. I um Look, I think that's exactly what I'm what I want to talk about because I think that the reason this has caused such a, a media stranglehold is because of the drama, because the story that you can tell out of it. And and that starts with the context, the Titanic, the wreck of the Titanic. Um, loads of people have seen images of the wreck of the Titanic, they've seen the movie, they've they've seen National Geographic, whatever it might be. Um, this is something that feels a lot more real to a lot of people um, because that's a story that we've all heard, we've all grown up with. Um, and I think that absolutely gives gives the media a, a smorgasbord of, of tools to work with as they pull levers to try and construct a story that, that will fascinate people. Um, and I think that... Um, but that's that's really what what I want to talk about is is why has this drama why is this narrative utterly captivated people right because because every story they publish on this is a story they're not publishing elsewhere but they've made a a, a deliberate decision that this story is the one that's worth channeling resources into and so it feels like there must be something about this story that that speaks to people and I think it starts with the ability to call on on a grand narrative of the of the Titanic that that provides context it adds drama by its nature it also allows us to call on a whole suite of like celebrity culture right which i hadn't really thought about but you're right james cameron commented on it like what a strange situation um and 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 that's something that actually i think is very relevant in the modern day because it starts to add more and more contemporary relevance to to a a reasonably um divorced tragedy such as this where just a few people have gone down into into the ocean but suddenly it's at the titanic james cameron's commented on it suddenly everyone has a connection to it in some way um and i think uh, that, that, that's important i want to also you you touched on the the idea of the kind of um uh, nature of of wealth in this discussion i think that's really important um i'd like to to build on that a little bit because i think it's important we sketch what people are actually saying about it right now um, and have been saying as comments to these news stories and i think a lot of people feel like one reason it's getting a lot of media attention is because people in the sub are wealthy and because they're from a first world nation and um and that that means they deserve more attention or they warrant more attention and, and that that's that's um said in a critical tone that's um used to to point out something wrong with our society that we're giving far more attention to these people in the sub than we are to for example great tragedies happening in the mediterranean as refugees flee persecution um i think this is an interesting take and it, in many ways it speaks to a level of cynicism that i that i appreciate um but i have a feeling that it's actually missing the point if, if you're arguing that it is getting attention because they're rich. And the reason that I don't think that's the case is because we actually have a counterexample quite recently. And that was a, a group of um, Thai boys who were stuck in a cave um, for, for a month or, or however long that was. And that was a massive media frenzy as well. Um, and it, it, to me, they really seemed very similar in their level of frenzy. In fact, we had Elon Musk as a, as a, as a prominent commentator and contributing yeah. to it. Right? We had a level of celebrity. We had a level of drama. We had a countdown. We had, we had regular updates. We had experts um, opining what they thought should happen. Um, 
And so I feel like they were very comparable situations. So that makes me think it's something that's less about money, wealth, prestige, the first world, and something more about the nature of a drama that the, the idea of being trapped, of being stuck and waiting for rescue, seems to call upon in, in the human psyche. Um, the other side of this that, that, that I'll touch on before I throw to you, Fred, to provide a, a different reason, if it's not money, wealth, and first world power, what might it be? Um, but I've heard some people talk about the fact that there's a real sense of like schadenfreude, like a, a, a righteous kind of um, satisfaction at seeing kind of the wealthy people make stupid mistakes and, and, and get crushed un underwater or whatever. Um, mm. And I think that that's, that's a little more nuanced, I think. I think that that does seem to be something that a lot of people might be feeling, but I don't think that that explains the sheer scale of the media satisfaction. Yeah. I think there'd be a subset of the population that feels that, um, and, and maybe that, that's helped provide um, people who remain interested in it. But um, I don't think that level of, of, of satisfaction at suffering um, really does explain the scale of what we're seeing. So if it's not a division of, ah, oh, look at those wealthy people, they're so stupid, ha ha, Fred, can you can you provide us some insight into why this has such a stranglehold on the media at the moment? I speculate because I don't know, but I would put this to you because you've used two very different examples. One was the Thai soccer team in the cave, and the other was the captivation of the news cycle with uh, a missing submarine. And the common element to both is the potential for tragedy but the aspiration ah, of hope. excellent. So I think, and I don't know, and I hear you about the schadenfreude of silly rich people being crushed under the ocean, but I think the captivating element to this is that the story that the majority of people wanted was people saved at the 11th hour, um, bought up, you know, uh, damaged but well, Mm, that makes a and lot if you of look sense. at the the world's triumph and the, the amount of celebration with the soccer team and they were they were really given um they were, they became folk heroes in their own mm. way mm. where realistically it was a bad soccer coach that took a bunch of kids into a cave that was tidal I think we're suckers for a happy ending. Mm. I think as much as there is doom and gloom out there, and at the same time that this was happening, we had a mercenary leader um, stage a near coup and march on Russia. Uh, yeah. We had uh, other natural disasters and other loss of life, but it's a bit like Schrodinger's cat, right? Mm. They're in the submarine lost underwater. They're both alive and dead at the same time. Yeah, right. But we want for that box to be opened and there to be a happy, healthy group of five people there. And unfortunately, there was a tragedy. The other element to this, Matt, that I want to put to you is a little bit different altogether. It's more sociological than psychological. And it comes back to the Titanic. So I wonder if this had been a billionaire submarine out of Reykjavik in Iceland, if it had gotten the same media attention globally. Or is this part of the American colonisation of entertainment and the news cycle? I find it really remarkable. There's a lot of dialogue online in my algorithms on social about um, Robert Kennedy Jr., who is Junior Jr., who is going for the presidential, Democratic presidential nomination. Mm. And he's a nutter. Mm. He's a prolific anti-vaxxer. He's, you know, he's, he's all sorts of things. 
but he gets this remarkable uh, romantic kind of pass because of the American people's fascination with the name Kennedy. Mm. And I know I'm drawing a long bow, but just work with me here. It's like the submarine that's near the Titanic and anybody with the name Kennedy, for some reason, our current ambassador is a Kennedy Mm. from America. I don't know if you know this or not. And it made news, whereas I don't think we've ever talked about the appointment of another ambassador in our news cycle in Australia at all. But it's this colonial export of the Americans, this imperialism Mm -hmm. where it comes to entertainment of what matters in the news cycle. And the same way they have a romantic relationship with the Kennedy name, there's a romantic relationship with the Titanic and all things Mm -hmm. to do with it. Um, I believe that we also get into this idea of the less dead. So I don't believe it's a class issue, but I think five white wealthy people in jeopardy has more potency through the imperialism of the American news cycle than, say, a train derailment in India where a 1,000 people die because there are 1,000 people of colour that have no, in theory, social capital. Mm-hmm. And that's not my opinion. It's the theory of the less dead. Mm-hmm. Do you think if it was a submarine out of Reykjavik with one middle-class inventor and four punters that wanted to go and look at a shipwreck that any of us would have heard about it i think that's a great question i really like the the premise of the american imperialism of news i think that's a fascinating idea not something i've thought too much about but is absolutely the case and i have heard some things about it i think there's there's a simple practical answer and i think there's a much more sociological answer that delves into the um, dynamics of power. So the practical answer is that America just has so much news. And I think we fundamentally take a lot of our cues from the American news cycle, right? Um, I think it makes it easier on journalists when they can take cues from other places. And I think with the sheer scale of news in America, I think it's able to exert that power because journalists follow, because journalists look at that news and they say, I can make a story out of that. so that's the practical answer. America is big, it's wealthy, it has a lot of news cycles, and, and they, the, that news draws gravity. Um, but yeah, the question of power is very interesting. Um, I think that the uh, American connection to the Titanic is important, uh, but I, I reckon that if we still had that chance to save them um, in in Reykjavik with, with different people. I reckon that idea of hope would come through still. I think that's really interesting. Would it have been as big? It's an interesting question. Probably not, I suspect. Um, I also feel like there was some quite interesting um, stakes on the line in terms of the inventor and in terms of the submarine itself. Um, because I think that the images that I saw of the inside of the submarine, at least, made me feel like that submarine was the apple of submarine tourism, right? It was all slick. It was sleek. Oh. It was it was Silicon Valley. It was it was swish and modern and clean and simple, right? Um, which isn't what I imagined submarines. As I imagined submarines as Cold War behemoths, all yeah. iron nails and rivets and and um, you know sturdily built for practicality. Um, and so I have a feeling that there was something about um, that kind of swish new modern look that um, was very captivating to some people. Like, is this going to survive? Is that is that the direction of the future or is it just a, a fancy fad? Um, and so I think that if, if that was a similar idea that was passed over to this, you know, casual inventor, that would have been a bit more likely. 
I think it would have been a different story though, right? And I think it just would have been spun differently maybe. I reckon the the, the attraction and the ability to spin that narrative would have been pretty great still, Um, but I think the story would have been different and it would have been something a bit more like um, intrepid, hands-on adventurer, build submarine for friends to to see something never before seen by the human eye or something like that. Um, And maybe they would have played further into the hope of being rescued um, or, or, or something like that. I have a feeling that it probably wouldn't have been quite as big, but it still would have been a big news story um, and it would have had a different angle because they weren't American, because it wasn't about that Silicon Valley veneer over a, over a submarine, but it would have been a slightly different step story that still would have captured a lot of attention. It's my thoughts. I think that I don't have the same optimism. Mm. I think that when you look at the capacity for... American media to populate through the Western world, that's the reason we know about it. Right. And with the exception of maybe TikTok, we also know all the major social media is basically, uh, you know, in American hands, Meta and Twitter and those sorts of things. With that said, I do think it's a great, great convoluted concept of a news cycle and a news media that are fascinated by uh, the wealthy and the privileged. The idea of the mystique of the Titanic, Mm. and even on a deeper level, and this is really psychological here for you, Matt, but one of the founders of psychology, Carl Jung, spoke about our collective unconscious, these Mm. themes that come up in all of humanity. And one of the most powerful themes that we have as a race is our absolute captivation and fascination with the sea, particularly Mm. the deep sea. True, yeah. And the idea that we all want to see the deepest parts of the ocean to see what lives there, you Mm. know? Um, Here there be dragons, that Mm. sort of stuff. So I think it's this great kind of archetypal conversation about hope, survival, the folly, rich intrepid, adventurous. There are mm. so many triggers and hot spots to mm. captivate our attention. The only way the story could have ended better for the viewer is a happy ending. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. And I'm very sad that we're talking about something that is representative of the way that we consume information, but also includes the loss of life. I don't think anybody listening would be uh, anything but sad about the idea that people have lost their lives. Yeah. I do think some people's reaction to that would be what sort of, you know, so-and-so would go into a homemade submarine. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Whereas a whole other heap of people would say, you know, when the Wright brothers used their first, you know, homemade yeah. flying device, the likelihood of a crash versus a, a success was always higher but if they hadn't have done it, we would never have had, you know, commercial air travel. So there's this great debate, but I think it, it corners, it really comes to something quite primal. Mm. And then it's facilitated by this idea that we shovel down American entertainment like it is mother's milk. Right. Do you reckon that if this had been in Reykjavik, for example, do you think that it would have had the same potential to captivate, but it just wouldn't have been disseminated in the same way or that it wouldn't have been able to captivate? I think think it would have been absolutely captivating for that part of the world. Right. 
and we might have seen a 15-second grab on the news right, when it right. happened and a 15-second grab with the outcome. Right. And there are huge examples of that that happen mm. absolutely every day. Mm. The other thing I would say is um, in regards to our news cycle, if you watch mainstream news on any Australian television during the news hour, yeah. there will always be about an 8 to 10 second story based on something that has proliferated social media. Mm. It'll be something like a truck crash where a truck's gone off a bridge in San Diego and blown up a bridge. It's got to be quite sensational. Mm. But what it actually is, is it's the image. It's the graphic nature of an image that is is like an attention getter because we're consuming information now Mm. in very short bursts. So... If it's about um, an issue in Australia, for example, a house fire, we'll get a minute. So if it's if it's something close to where I live right. and it's broadcast into my home, I will get a minute worth of information about a fire. And that's happened recently in right. the new cycle here. If it then becomes about an explosion on a freeway in America, I'll get about eight to ten seconds of that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because it's almost a proportional probity. Hmm. This jumped that formula because there was so much mysticism about it, so much captivation. And I think, again, um, right now, if we were talking about it, we would know it's the same for the same reason we don't know what the weather is in Reykjavik at the moment. It's not relevant to us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So on any one given day um, in the Italian media, there's a lot of conversation about people travelling to Europe by boats Mm -hmm. that are migrants, the tragedy. There's a lot of loss of life going on there. You won't see it on Australian media and you won't see it on social media unless you dig for it because it's regionally yeah, specific. Right, right, yeah. Which is the way that I think while the internet's democratised information, um, algorithms on social media still continue to curate what we see. Mm. Um, this story being an example of something so big that it blew up the algorithm for a cohort of people, you, because it didn't do that. Yeah, that's interesting. But it is fascinating in its own way about how we consume information and how sometimes our base need to know Hmm. can overcome the tools that we put in place that titrate what we see. Yeah. Look, that's fascinating. Thank you. I thought that idea of hope as being one of the the hooks is really interesting for maybe what keeps people coming back. And it makes me think of um, people stuck in mind collapses and that kind of thing. The more I think about it, the more that kind of... Um, Schrodinger's cat of, of will they get out, will they not is is a real big part of this. So I really appreciate that insight. That's fantastic. Look, I think um, we'll call it there for today. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I really appreciate it. I hope you've learned something and I hope that um, that we can kind of appreciate that this is a tragedy that we can still learn from and that there's something that are important in the way that we as, as, as a community and a society deal with tragedy and deal with um, uncertainty like this. Um, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe and follow along for for future episodes we do plenty of stuff looking at the the nature of humanity the crossover between psychology sociology um, and politics and uh, a little bit of a dive into generational differences so thanks very much fred for joining me i really appreciate your thoughts thank you matt and uh, we'll see you all next time thank you for listening this podcast is a better pod group production with special thanks to our researcher nicola binks executive producer Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. 
Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment. And in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.